Welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Strahan. Hey, it's Odie Strahan, and I'm having one of the most amazing days of my life. Hopefully you are too. Let's get this show started. What's going on? What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Strahan. Guys, we are in for a treat today. Really excited about our guest. This gentleman that we have is arguably one of the best high school basketball players of all time. He had a documentary that dropped earlier this year called Man Child, The Shake Cotton Story. It's available on iTunes, Amazon, and all streaming platforms. The doc included uh, NBA players such as Elton Brand, uh, you know, great Randy Moss, uh, Baron Davis, Stephen Jackson, Tyson Chandler, uh, Metal World Peace, you know, formerly Ron Artest, just to name a few. He's been called by many the LeBron James before LeBron James, and I, I'm actually just really excited to catch up with him to see what he's been up to since last time we, you know, we were on. He was on earlier, uh, I believe, episode 13, and this is episode 41, so it's been a while, but I wanted to catch up with him, see what he's been up to, but also just have some fun today and get into some hoop talk. You know, I feel like you always got to you know, consider a source when you're talking about certain topics, and to me, there's no better source than Shea Cotton when it comes to basketball at all levels. So uh, without further ado, man, Shea, you out there, brother? Yes, I am. How you doing, man? Good, good. Thanks for having me again, Strahan. Really, really uh, been a minute. Um, look, looking, looking forward to this uh, this edition right here that we're about to do and, and everything that's been taking place since we last spoke. Absolutely, man. I, like I was telling you before we uh, started recording, man, it's, it's just a, it's absolute blessing anytime I can get you on here, man, because, you know, the people that know already know and the people who don't know are going to get to know that you that's are, right. like I said, you are a, a legend out here. When you have the likes of, you know, Kevin Garnett, uh, you know, every well, uh, Draymond Green, everybody, any, I mean, anybody is anybody in the NBA, uh, you know, speaks so highly of your name. Uh, you, you know, you did something right that, you know, that's for sure. So, yeah, man, talk to me, though, man. So it's been about five months since last time, you know, uh, we talked. I mean, I, I want to catch up before we get into these basketball topics. Uh, talk to me about Man Child, the documentary. Uh, you know, at this point, like I said we're about five, six months since uh, since it dropped. Talk to me how it's doing and how how the whole promote promotion's been going for you. Uh, doing well. You know, we're streaming now. We're on Amazon, iTunes, and Prime Video. Um, you can rent or purchase it, and uh, we're getting a lot of great reviews from people. Not necessarily surprised about the reviews, but we want to we want to really put it on steroids as far as making it accessible to everybody. Want everybody to go watch it. You know, even the ones that's tuning in with you, when they when they see our show, uh, we want them to chime in as well. I mean, it's, it's something in it for everybody, not just kids, but adults. I mean, it was completed in 16, took four years to distribute. I never quit on the project, but everybody thought that I, I just kind of was selling the dream and Manchild was never going to be released. I refused to quit. We had a great team behind us. My, my uh, director, Eric Patar Herbert, you know, the production team, R-True our true group out of the Long Beach area. I mean, they, they really brought my vision to life. Um, our distribution company that we signed with, I feel is, is top-notch 1091 pictures. And um, it, the, the film is gaining more and more traction. It's gonna, it's gonna grow all over the world and we wanna impact lives from, from here and beyond, you know, kids to adults. Just like everything else, it seems like in your, in, in your life, you've, you've always, you know, persistent, kept pushing because uh, talk about this because this is straight talk, so I want to keep it straight here. Talk about some of the challenges you had when it comes to getting this out because I know previously it, it was supposed to come out, you know, in prior years and actually won, um, like top film in a lot of the film fest, right? Speak on that. Every film festival we pretty much uh were accepted and we placed um, some kind of award, and we have the reefs on our official poster now on a lot of the stuff that goes out so. If people look closely, we we were selections in every film festival, and uh, in a lot of these film festivals, they even said they felt our film was some of the stronger content, including the LA Film Festival. And um, you know, the thing is, we put our blood, sweat, and tears into it. You know, this is a real story. You know, I went through a lot of depression and, and, and times of loneliness and and just betrayal and abandonment. And, and I think we all deal with those those uh, emotions at times in our life and you have people that can just express them and they can be vulnerable right from the gate then you have other people that suffer silently and that I was one of those people and basketball was my sanctuary so that kind of overshadowed everything people didn't see none of that you know you watch my documentary it's it's powerful it's riveting it pulls on you 
you know, emotionally on your heartstrings and it takes you on this roller coaster. You know, it, it takes people into a more in-depth experience on what my life was 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 kind of like in 75 minutes because there's a lot of stuff that wasn't captured. But it's it, it's a story that's told that's genuine and it's told from the horse's mouth and the people that that I love, my, my family, my mother and father, my brother, you know, we have my peers, Paul Pierce, Meta World Peace, Baron Davis, you know, uh, Tyson Chandler, Darrell Wright, Casey Jackson. These are all NBA players that played, you know, five years or more and made good money. And these were my peers. And at the time I was, I was pretty much the best guy that everybody was gunning to catch. So for them to give the interviews were just, it's just been a blessing. You know, it's kind of like, uh, a body, a body of work that was that was appreciated, that was recognized, and because of that, I think guys spoke on their own recognizances, which was, which was kind of dope. I wasn't around for any of the interviews, so I want people to recognize it wasn't uh, pre pre recorded or premeditated. It was live. It was shot in one take, and they weren't in a rush. A lot of the interviews took at least an hour, so the guys took their time, you know, to say what they needed to say, and you know, I'm just thankful that we're in a place now where we can impact a lot of kids. Absolutely, man. Um, I actually watched it right when it released. I know that was right before our first uh, podcast together. And I, I watched it back to back days the first time, you know, by myself, the second time with my 13 uh, year old son. And, and what I loved about it is I was able to reference your, your documentary on a lot of life lessons, a lot of success principles, you know, just a lot of life principles um, all throughout. And I think he was able to, you know, relate that, you know, and the fact that, you know, he was able to relate it to your story, to me, shows how powerful that documentary is. Yes, it's a documentary on one of the, you know, the best basketball players. Uh, let's just be honest. I mean, here, if we're going to be transparent, and hopefully you don't get mad at me for saying this, but probably one of the best basketball, best basketball players not to make it to the NBA, right? Let's just be perfectly honest, you know, but what he found from that, though, is uh, a, a lot of success out of that story. You know, that's the really thing, and, and one of the things that, um, caught me and I don't want you know we're not going to talk too much into it because I want everybody who hasn't seen it go go to go out and check it and uh you know I'm not I'm paraphrasing here because I'm pretty sure I won't get it word for word but what really was I thought was powerful that you said on that is that the the impact that you've been able to make because of the fact that you didn't make it would probably it has probably been more significant than what it would have been if you did make it to that extent is that correct absolutely I think it's across the board you you know what you are when you're tested in your weakest moments in your life, it's not about how we handle things when we're at our strongest and we feel good and everything's just going right. It's easy to do the right things then. When the bottom falls out and nobody's around, what do you have? Now you now you get to be invited into the man-child experience, the things that I deal with day and day. Still, still today, I still battle. Uh, you know, I'm I'm human just like anybody else. I wake up and I have to start my my day on the right foot. I read my manner, say my prayer, thank God for another day above ground, you know, and then I get something inspirational in my system. I don't, I don't allow social media, emails and texts and phone calls in when I wake up in the morning, when my feet hit the ground, I, I worship and I thank the creator for, for another day to make a difference. And, it, and it's like you, when you, you wake up, your feet touch the floor and it's time to go to work. So then it's about preparing yourself for that day. So I try to do things, listening to different people, you know, Dr. Miles Monroe, uh, Zig Ziglar, Bob Proctor, Les Brown, Tony Robbins. A lot of these people are some of the best motivational speakers, uh, inspirational self-empowerment, self-improvement people in the world. You know, some of these people are no longer living, but their stuff is just looping because it's such great insight that if you really latch on to it and you let it, sink in it'll really change you and help you you know help things become more efficient and you'll live a less stressful life because of the wisdom that you'll receive it'll help you make smarter decisions i concur 100 percent, man first thing for me first and foremost is you know i start my day with prayer actually you know i i you know i state verbally out loud you know what i'm thankful for uh you know 25 plus things at a minimum and i try not to be redundant the day you know day after day you know and it's amazing how you can think of more and more stuff that you're you're thankful for each and every day, you know, to start off that first and foremost. And uh, as you alluded to, absolutely, those are, you know, Ziegler, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I get into a lot of uh, Maxwell, John Maxwell, for, you know, when it comes to uh, leadership, uh, but that, that personal development 
is critical. You know, the fact that you're always constantly growing yourself and, and really what you, what you feed your ears and what your eyes see really, really do change how your life goes, to be honest with you, you know, and really just how, how the type of mentality attitude that, uh, that you start off with and really just dictates day after day after day. So uh, we on, we're definitely on the same page when it comes to that. Yeah. But all that said though, like I said, that the, the story is powerful and, and you know, it, it, to me, it's it's a lot of life principles but what what and you know a lot of success out of it um don't get don't get me wrong uh what i just like is how vulnerable and how transparent you are when it comes to you know the ups and the downs you know so uh like i said it's really i mean i know i've said it before man and i just want to say again you know just you know absolutely respect on on a on a on a great documentary man and i know there's something that literally is going to be able to change many people's lives uh you know for years to come thank you let me ask you this, uh, piggybacking off that, talk to me, how does it feel getting that feedback, uh, you know, from, you know, your peers, from, you know, people that, you know, in the basketball world, at least, you know, that everybody, you know, speaks so highly of or looks looks up to, how does it feel hearing them, you know, speak such positivity and, 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 and really they speak in all of you, man. I mean, how does that make you feel? It feels good. I mean, hearing that, but, you know, I never was a guy that really looked for, people to say nice things to me. I was always a guy that was just kind of like a doer and just the reception kind of gave me my validation for, you know, what I was pursuing and, and working to attain. I think they left me on an island. A lot of my guys, my peers, man, I thought I had my back left me for dead. I, you know, I was bleeding out in the world for years. I mean, we talking about depression almost 15 years. I was sleeping 12, 15 hours, man, waking up like, Lord, you still got me here. I want I wish I was dead. Why, 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 you know, why are we, why are we still going through this? Why are we still going through this? It doesn't make any sense. The best player in the country, you know, they, they, they were saying I was a combination of Michael Jordan and Barkley. I'm playing with Magic at 15 years old, the UCLA men's gym. No other high school players on the court but me with the, with the NBA players, with, with guys in their prime, Grant Hill and Eddie Jones and Kenny Anderson, you know, Jimmy Jackson. I played all the guys. You know, it's a, and I held my own out there. I wasn't hurting the team. So I had a world of confidence when I played against my peers. But to circle the wagon, it's a compliment and on one side. You know, when, when people look at it like, wow, all these people are speaking on his behalf, I'm very thankful and grateful for that. Don't get me wrong. But it's just mind-boggling to me because if I was one of them and there was a me out there, I would have reached back and pulled him in and made sure that he was straight. So that's where it got kind of challenging for me. And, you know, I had to strap my boots up, man. And I'll tell you what, if nothing else, my father had had a different type of drive and I have that same blood running through my veins. So I always told myself, if, if it'll be, it's up to me. You know, you're like you can't, you can't quit when it gets hard. I mean, if you really believe in something and you have the passion, you got to have the fervor to go with that, you know, to sustain and do what you got to do to get to where you have to go and it's not going to be easy you know it's going to be harder than probably anything that you've ever embarked on in your life especially when you're talking about doing a doing a documentary and putting it out and having it marketed and you know getting it distributed and then being received by the public in the right light you know that that's a lot of work man and, and it's been a blessing because the ride has been unforgettable for me absolutely man I, I, and and you know that's no surprise that you know you you giving it to me straight, man, and and that's right. And when I, when I think, of you know, and when I think of what you just said, man, I could definitely see, you know, knowing what I know of you, is that you definitely would have been that one that would help help that person up. You know what I mean? I, I can yeah. really tell in our time knowing each other. You know, a blessing not a blessing until you give it away. And I know for you, that's what you that's what your heart. That, I mean, and you don't do it for any recognition. You do it because yeah. that's what you are. That's just what yeah. you are, and, and 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 that's how you're raised, and, and and they'll see this in the documentary when it comes to your, you know, your beautiful family, man. You know how you were raised. Uh, you you had some great values, and you know, you, and you could tell there was love in that household, man. Yeah. And uh, and obviously, it translated into the man that you are, man. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, let's let let's let, let's uh let's transition there. Talk to me about this Simba collab. collab. I know we were talking about mm -hmm. this also before we started re recording. Simba got a brand new album out there, man. It is, it, it, it's fire, man. I'm telling you. Uh, in fact, I'll be honest with you guys. I was glad. Don't be laughing on me on this one, Shay. Is uh, <laughs> the, the, the the edited version came out because I, I can't listen to it around my kids, man. I'll be honest with you because you know, 
he he said some you know some vocabulary that can't be heard by my little ones but clean right. version came out so i'll be able to slap that with, with, with the kids in there that's good man but talk to me about <laughs> yeah, yeah talk to me about the uh you know the collaboration uh the the, the music video the single reality is because it really fit your story to a t you know and it was really uh the video was dope. Uh, you know, I, I know some of the players that you worked with were in there. I mean, it was really touching the video, man. Talk to me how, how that all came about. Man, it was God sent. You know, Simba hit me one one morning, early morning. I woke up, you know, uh, reached out to me. Uh, wanted to know um, if I could listen to a track that he did. Uh, it was a song that was inspired by uh, my documentary, The Man Child. He told me he had watched it about four times and was really inspired and moved him to, you know, put this track together. So uh, he sent it to me. I listened to it. It was a little bit over two and a half minutes. I was captivated right away. It grabbed me and just pulled me and took me on a kind of a journey that I went on when I played, just listening to the lyrics, the way the, the song just kind of flowed, you know, and, and just kind of the picture that he painted. And then after he sent me the treatment for it with the visual aids to go with it, and that, that was it. I mean, they had it all dialed in, you know, and he had the tribute part at the bottom, inspired by the Mad Child, Shea Cotton story and the whole deal. Had my family in there, my father with the cowboy hat showed, you know, reenacted the, the scene during draft night when I didn't get drafted and some of that emotion and, you know, some other things that, that were out of the documentary even as well. And I don't want to give away too much, but Simba's dope. Look, he's very talented. He's a hard worker, you know, um, He's a six o'clock dude. Everything he said, he stood behind with me. He's A1 in my book, and he's going to be in this game for a long time. He's, he's gifted. And I told him, you, you keep doing your thing. You got a talent. Don't let nobody stop you. No, you're right about that. He, uh, what was it, LA Leakers? That, the, he, he ripped a freestyle that, man, let me tell you, man, I had to, I had to replay that thing like five, six times, bro. Oh, man, yeah. I was, sheesh. Yeah, he, I yeah. Mean, that was, <laughs> it, it, was, I mean, it was tough. And the thing is, he's younger. He's younger Yo. than me. So he's from yeah, the he's Bay. Really young. You know what I mean? And he was like, look, I heard about you since since I was since I was young and had a finally finally had a chance to meet you. This and that. I just thought it was dope for me because everybody in the world a lot of times hides behind ego and pride. And then there's this persona that stands in the way from vulnerability and like the humility aspect. He just came at me, you know, was just straight up with me. And I respect that, man. Like, he had the courage to reach out to me, to put it out there. He had enough confidence in himself and his product that it'd be a great fit. And the timing couldn't have been better. That's, you know, and I thank God for the door that opened. And me and Simba made a, a mesh ever since. It was a great experience being on the video shoot. That was my first time, you know. And I, I just look at it like, we're only going up from here. I mean, and Simba's, Simba's got another track. He's got one with two chains. That song is, is fire too. So, you know, dude is talented, but it just goes to show you, like, when you put good energy out, help comes eventually. Sometimes it just takes a little longer when you do things the right way. Yeah, man, I agree 100%. In fact, hey, just <laughs> talking about the Simba album, man, that whole album is fire, bro. I mean, honestly, I, 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 I honestly, I mean, this ain't a, you know, cheap, promotion for Simba but, but I'm telling you right now that whole album's fire I don't skip one song honestly I go, mm -hmm. I go through it all man <laughs> that dude I'm telling you man he had me at that LA Leakers freestyle man that uh, little six seven minute freestyle was better than most people's albums I was like okay yeah you know and, and he's talking about something too it's not like he's just you know out there you know I'm more of a lyrical guy to be honest with you you know and right. the way that his storytelling the way you know he puts metaphors together it's a perfect combination you know like I said man I got kids and for me, I had to get that edited version so I could bump it. So I'm glad I'm glad they came out with that, man. So all right, bro. But congrats on that too, man. Like I said, I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna lay the link to the that video in the details of the, of the podcast so everybody could check that out if they haven't already checked Absolutely. it out. Right on, Shay. Well, listen, man, like I said, I wanna pick your brain, man. I wanna have some fun. Like I said, uh, you know, I got I got a lot of basketball topics that you know a lot of us been talking about. And like I said, I wanted to get someone on here that I think could provide definitely some good content, good value, and speak on it. Uh, being, you know, someone like yourself, like I said, I always say, consider the source. Why not get one of the best sources out there in Shea Cotton, you know? So, and I, like I said, I want to thank you again, you know, just for, you know, taking the time to come out here, have some fun, you know, 
but it's always love, man. I, I, like, Absolutely. I, I, you know, it's always love between us, man. I definitely appreciate you on this, but let's have some fun here, man. I really, I'm really looking forward towards your insight, to be honest with you, on, on, on these topics. So one of the big ones that, you know, like I, said, I want to get right into it now. One of the big ones is... Hey, quick break here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we'll get right back to it. Just want to know, are you looking to improve your health and fitness? Are you looking for a trainer to help you guide you along the way? We'll look no further. Check out Ruben Hernandez of Relentless Strength and Sports Performance. Ruben is a trainer whose purpose is to help you make positive changes in your lifestyle and improve your quality of life. His goal is to educate you on how simple changes in your daily habits can help you look and feel great. Ruben is an upcoming trainer who is passionate about helping you reach and achieve your goals. He is dedicated to making your training experience unique and specific to you. He specializes in functional movements, so whether you're looking to build muscle, lose weight, or improve your overall movement, he can help you do it all. He is located in the northern Sacramento area in his own private facility. You can check him out on Instagram at Ruben7Hernandez. Feel free to contact him through direct message or call him at 209-406-7028. Again, that's 209-406-7028. If you have any questions or to schedule your first session, mention Straight Talk with Straight Hand and receive 50% off. Yes, you heard it right, 50% off your first session. So what are you waiting for? Head on over and book your first session with Ruben and make sure to give him a follow on Instagram at Ruben 7 Hernandez. That's R-U-B-E-N, the number 7, H-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z on Instagram. Go change your life. The G League, you know, the G League made some huge changes this past season, you know, when it comes to, you know, whether paying these players and just the whole dynamics. We had players like, you know, Jalen Green, Isaiah Todd, uh, Deshaun Nix, you know, uh, Kai Soto. I'm pretty sure I'm missing some people. But, but Jalen Green was the big one. The fact that he was the number one player in a, you know, a 2020 class instead of going to college, he, you know, decides to go to G League, he makes 500 plus thousand, um, as well as some, you know, other, you know, five-star recruits. Now I knew there, now this is funny because a good friend of mine and I were, uh, were talking about this prior because when Melo and RJ Hampton went overseas, you know, it, you got paid, but, you know, went, played overseas instead of going to college and then came back, you know, and uh, Melo went, what, third in the draft and uh, RJ, I believe, went 25th. Mm-hmm. I knew at some point the, you know, the NBA had to do something because they weren't just going to lose their, you know, top player, top, you know, five-star recruits and everything else and, you know, to overseas. So this is actually a couple, it's a two-part question. So first of all, I, I, I want you to talk to me, you know, about what you, what you think about uh, the G League and how, you know, the changes, the huge changes they made this year, uh, number one. And then number two, how do you think, like, if the G League, the way it is right now, was set in place when you were coming up, uh, you know, what that could have done for you? Because, I, and I say that for the people who don't know, because you were, you know, uh, ranked amongst the top high school players, even as a sophomore, junior year, you know? So, in fact, a lot of people, you know, thought you didn't even need to, need to play your senior year, you know? So, uh, so two-part question. One, uh, what, what do you think about the G League and like I said, and its changes that it made this year? And then two, uh, how do you think this would have impacted uh, someone like you or, you know, players like yourself if, if, it, was, if, it, was, if it was available back then? Well, uh, first part of it, I think the G League opportunity for guys now is great, a great situation. I think they're finally playing some substantial money to keep guys home, which is what should happen anyway, because it's a lot harder to play internationally. You're, you're giving up all your comforts to everything that's unknown and you literally are starting over even though you're playing basketball when you get on the court yes the rim's the same size the ball's the same size that whole deal but outside of that you're a fish out of water I mean everything is going to be brand new it's going to be different and there's going to be an adjustment and typically when you go overseas that adjustment takes 45 to 60 days before you really start getting settled in so and you're on the go the whole time so this G League thing is great because it gives guys an opportunity to, to mature, to stay around their comfort zone and their support groups and still make substantial money where they can take care of themselves and maybe help their family out if they need to, put some money away, diversify if they want, if they're into any type of business ventures. You know, nowadays with Senate Bill 206 approaching, that's gonna kick in here pretty soon. That was uh, okay through obviously Governor Gavin Newsom and, and LeBron, he was in on that, LeBron James pushed that through. Uh, guys are going to be able to be paid for their likeness and their image. And even in high school, I mean, you can have a, a hat line, a t-shirt line, whatever, hoodies, whatever have you, and make money off of it and still be a recruitable student athlete at a university at the division one level. We didn't have that opportunity back then when I was playing. So that's another great thing that's about to hit the, 
it's about to hit the fan here pretty soon. And, and I may be potentially an ambassador for that, considering that in my career, being arguably whoever you talk to, the number one player in the country at 15 years old, you know, when Sports Illustrated did the four-page layout, we had just won the state title, beat Oakland-Fremont up there in Oakland. You know, I was a state player of the year, John Wooden player of the year, the whole deal. And I didn't have none of that and couldn't do it. Even if I wanted to, I would be scrapping all my college eligibility and I would have no choice but to turn pro. So rules have changed a lot because of some of these things specifically that had to do with my career and how things were handled, mishandled rather. The Senate Bill 206 came about. And I think that's great that that's going to give these guys an opportunity and girls a platform, you know, where there'll be more than just athletes. I mean, they can, they can monetize their value. And, you know, in the second part of the question, as far as what would that mean for me, if I had the G League around when I was playing, it would have been a game changer because things wouldn't have been as hard for me. You know, I would have had more support. You know, I would have been able to settle in. I mean, I lived life on the road as a professional. I was in a different country every year, pretty much. You know, I was lucky to stay in the same country two years in a row. You know, it's very difficult when you leave here. And, and I knew I could play this game. And I was like, man, you got to be put in the right situation. People don't understand. Part of it is the talent. The other part of it is, is the opportunity. And they have to mesh. The talent can't conflict with the opportunity. You know, the cream will never rise to the top. You'll never see how pretty that flower is. It will never blossom. So there's intangibles that come into being successful. And people need to understand that. And I think that the G League is great because it's going to give a lot of homegrown talent a chance to stay home and not necessarily have to go overseas when maybe you don't get drafted right away. Let me ask you this. Do you see, do you foresee uh, a lot of, you know, major five-star recruits, uh, top high school players going this route? Cause I feel like Jalen green is a trendsetter. And once he made that announcement, a lot of people follow suit. Isaiah Todd decommitted from Michigan, you know, where he's going to play for Jawan Howard, you know, five-star out there. I think if Jalen would have announced that, sooner i think other players like josh christopher uh i mean there's a host of them out there that would have probably uh i think would have swayed a couple you know a couple of these top players you know you know decision you know uh do you feel that this is a this is going to be like a new wave uh you know moving forward potentially i think if he lands on his feet and he has a solid career you know this season and does well enough you know i think that it'll give other people the uh, the courage, you know, to make that that same leap that he did. Um, I think maybe he was waiting to see what some of these other guys were doing because maybe he wanted to be that one and only guy to make that decision. That might have been what that holdup with is on on his end. But you know, it's a great deal. I mean, to make a half a million dollars at 18, 19 years old, however old he is, before he has an opportunity to live his dream to play in the NBA, if he's fortunate enough to stay healthy and continue to develop and things to work in his behalf to get to that point, it's great. I mean, how many people made money off him up until this point in his life? So why shouldn't he be able to make money for himself? I think that's that that's a form of systemic racism as well and oppression on, on, the, on the athlete. You know, I think there's a lot of things that need to be addressed and changed that, you know, guys are more than just a piece of meat. You see, it's like you're looking at cattle, you want your best cut, you know, it, it, these you know, we have hearts, you know, we, we, we have personalities, we have interests and things like that. There's other stuff that, that we do when we're not playing basketball. There's a lot that I do that people have no idea. They, they wouldn't even see it. You know, I love art, you know, going to art decos and galleries. And when I was a kid, I used to draw a lot. So I, I wanted to be an architect. I'm, I'm fascinated with design and architecture and th things like that. People wouldn't even see that coming. You know, I love speed. So I've always loved fast cars. Every, every chance I get, I'm trying to, getting something fast, you know, things like that. No, that makes sense, man. I, and and I, I agree with you. I like the fact w where things are headed. Unfortunately, it took this long for it to happen, you know, but at least for the ones that are able to take advantage of it at, at this time and moving forward, it's definitely a, a huge opportunity and blessing for them. You know, that's Absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. Next thing I want to get into, man, and I, I know you, you've actually touched on it quite a bit already, but, you know, uh, as we as we've already been talking, but when it comes to adversity, now I know you've been able to you know overcome adversity throughout your whole life, your whole your whole journey. You know, let me ask you this though, because you know me uh, being around sports, 
uh, you know, I've seen a lot of a lot of kids, unfortunately, you know, go through some big setbacks and have to run through adversity. And, and not everybody's built to, you know, overcome it. Let's just be honest or, 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 or to keep going, I should say. Um, right. one, thing I want, one thing I want to ask you is, you know, when when getting the setbacks during your hoop journey, where it be, whether it be injury or not getting to the school that you want to or maybe not getting the playing time that you, you desire, you know, what are some keys you feel like? And you can speak at this from all levels, because, you know, when it comes to the show, I mean, we have younger kids, we have older, we have, you know, adults, probably, you know, pro players. So let me ask you this. What are some keys do you feel that helped you overcome adversity, you know, at every point of your life? Uh, I'd say my faith in God, uh, my family uh, bond, for sure. I think uh, the select people that I kept around me, my, my trainer that kept me motivated, Mark Marinovich, rest in peace, he just passed away. Um, Shout out to Todd, his son as well. We used to train together when he was at SC before he got drafted. Um, just a combination of things, man. You know, uh, that support group, you know, you want to see your future. You look at your circle. I think I just did my best to keep good people around me and kept my circle tight. You know, my parents taught me and my brother just to be good people, hard workers, be accountable. You know, you come early, you stay late, you strong faith in our creator and uh, you, you you treat people the right way. You know, you earn your keep, you work hard, eventually things will, will, will go your way. And, you know, you don't go into a situation making it worse, you make it better. I think that's a good point you just mentioned, especially what, you know, right now with, you know, the way social media is and these guys uh, in the limelight at, at an earlier age, you know, that the, when it comes to keeping that support, keeping that, that network, you know, nice and nice and tight knit for, the ones that really matter, you know, obviously right. you're going to be, you're going to be getting pulled that left and right, but to really know when it comes down to it, having that right support group and really leaning on them during those tough times. Cause that's actually, the, those are going to be the ones that really truly care, you know, Absolutely. Uh, you know, that's good to hear, man. Like, obviously, like I said, at the start of this is, you know, it's a source, you know, if someone's going to, you know, be able to speak on it, it's someone like you. So if that's something that definitely helped you out, it's something that I want to, you know, I want the, you know, the players out there, you know, uh, people to hear, even the parents, you know, to hear, you know, when it, because you got setbacks and, you know, adversity hits, in, injuries, you know, injuries in sports, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's tough. I hate it. You hate it. We all hate it, right? But it's inevitable, unfortunately, you know? And, yep. you, know, there's, you know, there's a lot of times where uh, that doesn't just ruin playing careers, it actually ruin lives, you know? that's you know, And that's really where I was, that's really what I was trying to get. I'm not trying to get too deep, but I mean, but, you know, I want to take this opportunity since you're here. That's really what I want to say. So, like, uh, I, I don't think you – well, you know, you had to overcome injury, actually. Yeah, your senior year and what have you. So, what was the key when it comes to overcoming injury for you, you know, to really stay uh, motivated, inspired, despite not being on that hardwood? You got to take a rebel approach to it. You know, to, to be honest, I watch everybody else propel when I sat back and, they, you know, they wrote me off. I was still working out, training, doing my rehab and, hit the books hard, you know, cause I want to make sure I was lined up to graduate, but you gotta have a, just, you know, I, I don't, I don't give a, you know, a, a F you, you know what, CK approach to it. When it comes to that, you have to have a mental toughness when you go through an injury that could be career changing, which is something that I had. And it was to my shooting arm. I mean, I tore my rotator cuff. I had a reconstruction. It was a six month process. It wasn't this quick snip or we got these fancy machines now and you're back in, you know, two, three months. That wasn't the situation. So it was it was grueling. Uh, a lot of times that the rehab, I was coming to tears because, you know, all of my, my surgery was to tighten the shoulder this way and the rehab was to loosen it up back this way to get the range. So. You know, I, I had to challenge myself. And when I laid on those, that table, when I went to my therapy, I just kept saying to myself, I'm going to come back from this and I'm going to have people jumping out of their seat again, all over again. I didn't know what level I would go to, but I knew that I had something burning inside that a lot of people didn't possess. And I wanted to really just maximize that, that gift until, you know, I exhausted my repertoire. You know what I did? I have no regrets. No, man, that's awesome, brother. That is awesome. Let's pivot, man. I actually want to pick your brain now as uh, the Shay, the personal uh, develop, development specialist, you know, player development specialist, because I know that's something that, that you currently are involved in and you, you're able to truly make an impact on, you know, on a lot of players, 
from all skill sets, I, you know, I know I, you know, I uh, stay plugged in with you when it comes to your social media. I see a lot of times you do a lot of lives, you know, when, when it comes to your training, but I also know you also train some of the top ranked players too. I know you and I have had discussions about that. So talk to me about this then from a, you know, from a player development specialist standpoint, what do you feel? Talk to me about like the trainer's role when it comes to a player success. Where do you feel their main role is on a player success? To inspire and motivate. You know, I think the inspiration is what 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 makes the light go off in their head. Like, oh man, this it clicked. Like, I get it. And then you got to motivate them to want to do things beyond what they think they can accomplish. You know, it's like. I tell kids, I was telling one of my guys today after the training, I, I love it because my experience with my guys one-on-one -on -one is a 360 approach. It's not just the physical, it's physical, mental, spiritual. You know, you gotta, you gotta intertwine everything because it's all in one. You know, and I tell people all the time, your mind controls your body. So when you're in training and you start breaking down, you feel yourself getting weak, you embrace that and, and push through that because that weakness, that's that fatigue leaving the body, it's just weakness. We want that to be gone anyway, so we can build back the strength. And when you start peeling those layers back on a mental level, it helps the players work through a lot of that uncomfortable uh, adversity that you face as an athlete in your training, even in the games, in practice, even in school, you know, with the family. I mean, basketball teaches us a lot about life. It's a game of life that's being played out. When you're watching basketball, you know, it's more like a, a painting that's coming together, like a Picasso that's being painted. By the end of the game, you know, you either have something beautiful or it was something that, you know, wasn't so great. So it, it, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of like life lessons in there, you know, that, that you're learning, where you're taking charges, you're diving on the floor, you're hitting the guy that, that's open, making the extra pass, uh, stepping up, making free throws when the game's on the line, when your team's depending on you. Just those little things that you build up to, to develop trust, in your coach and in your teammates. And that's a lot like life. Yeah, man. I, once again, I agree hundred percent with that. Uh, I like that 360 approach. It's the first time I actually heard that broken down that way. Uh, I believe in Robin duplicate, man. So I'm going to go ahead and take that one from you, brother. <laughs> and guess what? And, I, and I'm going to claim it too. So if they don't know, that's right. started, they can say they heard that from Strahan. Sorry, brother. And then they're going to, they're going to hear it from you and be like, Hey, why does Shay take Strahan saying, man? So it's all good. dog. brother. That's hey, right. And let me ask you this then, because real specific, like I said, coming from you, I really, I, I personally want to hear this is, you know, when it comes to uh, being, you know, trainer, with these kids at each different stage. So while, while I want to break it down, it's like, what are, what are some of the key things? And you don't got to go into, you know, uh, many things, but just a few key things that you, that you really focus on. Because I've noticed with you, you do work with kids, at a, you know, of all ages. So what, mm -hmm. what do you really focus on when it comes to kids? I guess let's just call it maybe uh, 6 to 12, and then to like the middle school age, and then up to high school at those three levels, what are, what are the things at each of those three levels that you really focus on when it comes to what the, what those, what those players should be focused on the most? Uh, in, engagement, um, effort and attentiveness. I think with those three things, excuse me, you can do a lot and players can get a lot better with that when they master that. I think these players, a lot of times today, they, they start getting better and they see their results and then they start to find this level of, oh, I'm good now. Yeah, I finally learned how to dribble both hands and I can lay it with both hands. So I'm good now instead of, okay, I did that. Now I'm setting more goals to keep working to attain. There's a lack of hunger there, I think, because a sense of entitlement has run rampant. And then you have families, that parents that are living vicariously through the kids. So you've got this vicious cesspool that really needs to be gutted out and came anew. And that's a reason why I started doing what I'm doing on the mentor, excuse me, the mentoring side as well as the training and the foundation that we created, Man Child Elite Foundation, which has been in existence for about three years. And the whole goal and the model behind that is no child left behind. So every kid has an opportunity that that's able and that's willing to be a part of this uh, foundation. No matter where you come from, it gives you a chance to be successful in life, no matter what color you are, race, creed, you know, and I think that's that's special because the 360 approaches to be able to go somewhere and to take care of all your needs 
so you can have peace of mind moving forward about your future and feel good no matter where you come from. And I think that's something that we haven't really seen. I know I haven't seen it in my time. They have a lot of great facilities around the country now, but there's nothing like this that I'm embarking on right now. We're getting closer, so that's exciting too. That is incredible, actually. That is incredible. And I actually look forward to obviously, you know, seeing that, you know, come to fruition. Let me ask you this, uh, AAU. I know AAU obviously has changed, you know, quite a bit from when you played. I, in fact, I remember on our first uh, episode together, you said, you know, AAU back then may have even been, obviously may have been better because of, you know, the talent and the people that you're facing and what have you. Just a different, obviously different, different culture, different generation, you know. Mm-hmm. But what's your take on the current status of AAU basketball right now? Guys are talented. I just think they don't play hard. I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of mixtape uh, plays that I see. <laughs> but uh, okay. I just I just wonder if somebody was really up in your grill and you know hitting you in the air, you know how much of that would really take place, or if somebody seen one of those guys get taken out because they felt like they were showboating, and you get carried out on the stretcher, would, would you see more of the fancy plays or or more basketball in the way? It, it kind of should be played because I think the the spectator is suffering and then the player is not really being able to develop as good as he can because there's too much showmanship in it and not enough playing plan from here, giving everything you got, sacrificing for the team, showing up, being the best version of yourself. If you're a scorer, really being the best at that. If you're a guy that's a lockdown defender, that's what, that's what you do. And being consistent about your work. I see a lot of this in players but these guys have rankings and they're supposed to be this and supposed to be that. And I watch them play and I'm like, wake me up when it's over. Like they're not doing nothing that I, I didn't, I haven't done and, and that I haven't seen from some of my peers. I mean, we talk about how athletic these guys are now. I, I tell people all the time, there's two guys that I haven't, I haven't seen anybody more, more athletic than them still today. And that, that's Joey Johnson and Ronnie Fields. Those two guys, both of them had a 50th vertical leap. Ronnie Steele's was... Hey, quick break here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we'll get right back to it. Just want to know, are you looking for a barber? If so, come check out Jeremy McGuire, also known as Cuts by Mags, at Puzzles Barbershop, located at 2124 El Camino Avenue in the Sacramento area. Puzzles is a barbershop with great vibes and great barbers. Our goal at Puzzles is to make sure you leave sharper than you walked in. Cuts by Mags is an upcoming barber who is passionate and dedicated to making your cut experience better, cleaner, and long-lasting. He can do it all from razor lineups, tapers, fades, and so much more. Make sure to check them out on Instagram at Cuts by Mags or text them at 916-505-2401. Again, that's 916-505-2401. Feel free to reach out. He'll be happy to answer your questions. He is currently by appointment only but has a flexible schedule. Mention Straight Talk with Strahan and receive $10 off any service. Looking forward to seeing some new faces and make sure to give him a follow on Instagram at Cuts by Mags. That's C-U-T-Z-B-Y-M-A-G-Z. Ooh, hey, Ronnie Fields was ridiculous, bro. Yeah, K- KG will tell you stories, you know what I mean? So that was my Chicago, that's my Chicago guy. We're still in touch. My relationships are real. Paul McPherson's another guy in Chicago who was a leaper in our era. So, you know, every era has their players, but I'm telling you this, when we came out from top to bottom in every state, I mean, there was like five pros. It, 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 so every time you face the AAU team, in an out-of-state tournament or a national tournament in the spring and summer, it was a war. Where now it's like everybody wants to be friends. And the game is suffering because of that. I agree with you, man. I, honestly, I, I think it's too friendly. You know, it's yeah. too friendly. I mean, people want – I mean, listen, when you're on the court, you possibly want to go out there next. That's just how right. it is. Right. Afterwards, it's all good, you know. I right. have a – you know, I know we, you and I talked – talk about him quite a bit but you know my 13 year old son he got that old school mentality you know probably I still wish he was a little meaner to be perfectly honest with you but when it comes down to it he's one of those that you don't he doesn't really care to you know team up you know he'd rather in fact a lot of times he'd rather go against the team they stack you know and right. that's one thing I, I do love about him you know being a throwback because that's how you're supposed to be I mean that's how you that's challenge right. yourself in fact that's it's funny right. he, he just left the park uh today him and his buddy I think uh they, I think that'd be one of the meanest backcourts out here. But, but it's funny because they're teammates. And uh, I was asking them, you know, how the game, you know, how the game went. You know, did they, they, did they run the court? You know, how many times they lost? He said, well, actually, he's like, we're only, we're only on each other's uh, team once, Dad. He's like, you know, we want to go up against each other because we didn't want to be on each other's team. Hey, that's right. 
That's I right. love that, man. You yep. know, because they want that's they, how you they, get they better. Wanna, yeah, they want to make it. They want to make you know make each other better. So, I'm, yeah, shameless no, plug, no, man. No, no, this, I, we don't need no more buddy ball. Like, no, no more. Ball. You know, <laughs> no, right? that's no. that's what the game these there needs more of uh, of competitiveness. Like, it, you know, it's like going to a boxing match. You used to go watch Mike Tyson fight. You know he's gonna knock somebody out, so you're waiting for it. It's just a matter of time, and you know the fight was going in early because he didn't last long into the rounds. It was always okay. It's it's for twelve rounds. It's going to end in two or three if he's lucky. So when you're watching basketball, you want to see guys compete every possession at an optimal level and just keep coming. And if you, as a spectator, that's what drives you to watch the game. That's what drives you back to those seats, you know, and to to get those season tickets and stuff like that when you start being friends and everybody's just changing buckets exchanging buckets it takes away from the game you know what and that's what i was gonna say is uh you can think what you want of him i'm not saying he's my necessarily my favorite player uh not that i don't like him as a player but that's the reason why i actually i really respect uh russell westbrook and dame lillard so much in the nba game you know, uh, and you can say what you want to say about Dame, man, but that dude ain't trying to ain't, ain't trying to get on a free ride, ain't trying to team up with anybody. He's trying to, you know, stay put. But you can see he's attacking everybody, you know. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. So is Russ, you know, and yeah. uh, and I, I get it. You guys, you, you could always point holes and this and that about their games. But when it comes to compete and coming at you, those two, I love it, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're throwbacks. I mean, at the end of the day, both both of those guys and. You know, Westbrook's a competitor, and, and he was a guy that was athletic, and he was more of a defender in college and scored at times and just kept working. He worked himself into a position where he is, you know, and, and things kind of worked in his favor. He stayed home, went to the right school, then got an opportunity and took it and ran with it. And sometimes it works like that for guys. And sometimes, you know, guys catch hell. I happen to be one of those guys, and and, and I was the guy that it happened to. So... When it could happen to the main guy, it could happen to anybody. And I think that's what the Mad Child documentary is in existence for. And I thank God that we have this platform because the documentary will speak for me. I agree 100%. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. One last question on on, on the AAU before we uh, we, we go to – we finish out with some NBA talk. And then I just want to end, end with some fun Q&A. Let me ask you this too, man. Uh, straight talk now. When it comes to – I want to get your take on this when it comes to the reclassifying it, you know, and players, you know, a lot of times it, it's become like a, it, it, it's just a way now, you know, when it comes to, you know, holdbacks and, you know, reclassifying, you got kids, you know, graduating high school at 19 and a half, you know, what's your, what's your thoughts on, on, on that, that trend that seems to be happening right now? Hey, you know, it's uh it, it's just a wave, I guess, you know, and for the people that, that are investing in that and, and, and going that route, you just got to know what you're getting into. And as long as those families understand, you know, that those kids need to have something to fall back on, then they're going to be fine. But if you're putting everything into it and they're not being handled right, you're going to be a statistic. So it's being aware of your platform and really maximizing and handling it the right way. You know, it takes a special person to be able to go from high school to the NBA to begin with and then to have success and then a long career. You got to really be special. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, as many success stories that we have with the, with the, you know, LeBron, Kobe, KG. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm missing some you know other folks, but I'm saying that we've also had the unfortunate stories. You know, the the, the ones right. that we don't hear any anymore. So I'm with you. Let's get into some quick NBA talk, and then, like I said, I want to go ahead and close it out with some fun Q and A. Uh, I know you're on SoCal, and so. Um, you know, recently LaMelo Ball, you know, got drafted. He's an NBA. Now we have actually uh, the third ball, LiAngelo, got signed. So you have, you know, all three Ball brothers, you know, in the in the NBA now. Talk to me about, uh, you know, were you able to catch any of the, the you know, the balls playing, you know, while you're out there in SoCal? And, and what you think about LaMelo's game? Just clips. Um, I think I got a chance to see them play one time when, when Lonzo was in high school at Chewing Hills. I watched him play, uh, I think it was modern day. Um, that was out, good out that way. Yeah, yeah, out that way, and I, I saw a guy that could really pass well right away. You know, he he was he was gifted um, with the basketball. Uh, 
scoring the ball a lot of different ways. Um, Shooting-wise, I, I could tell that he needed some work on his shot. But a guy that, that was a competitor that made guys around him better, and I think that was one of his, his greatest attributes, you know, his passing ability and his vision to be able to see the court. Gotcha, man. Uh, you're a friend of Lonzo, right? That, that, you're a friend of Lonzo right there? Yeah, or Lamello. Lonzo. Okay. So look, as far as Lamelo, I mean, I've seen him on tape. Um, he looks bigger than than Lonzo, and and seems to be a little bit of a better scorer. I think he he's probably more of a penetrator, and he'll he'll shoot the three, where Lonzo was more of a passer. So they're a little bit different, and I, and I think Melo's a little bit more flashy with the way he plays. Uh, but you know, he's got talent. I mean, who knows wh- how good he'll be? I mean, he's got good height. I think he's only going to get better, you know, and he's had his other his other two brothers to learn from also. So the baby brother is supposed to be the best one. That's usually how it works if it's done right. You are right. They also usually, you know, they, they always play against older kids, better competition, and they typically put in more time than everybody else as well. So let me ask you this. What what do you feel about the chances of the Lakers going back to back? I mean, that's like – Bet in Vegas. So just let me know when to place the vet. I mean, that's that's a done deal. Yeah, that's a done deal. All they got to do is just stay healthy and stay together, and that's inevitable. I mean, you got the the two best players in basketball, LeBron and AD. I mean, it, you can't do nothing with that. If they're healthy and they're playing together, the league's in trouble. I said it. They're gonna go back to back again as long as they keep that nucleus together. Let me ask you this: Speaking of LeBron. If LBJ wins six chips, does that change the GOAT conversation? I mean, for the people that want to talk about it, I mean, I think for me, LeBron is LeBron. He, he's the he's the most physically imposing player the NBA has ever seen. He's a mismatch on both ends of the floor. Um, I mean, he goes from bucket to bucket faster than any guy I've ever seen at his size. I mean, his athletic prowess is off the charts, and it's like he's getting stronger and more durable. He's investing money in his body for his tenure in his career and it's showing, you know, and I think at this rate, running him at the one like that, you know, there's no telling how much time he has left. He could probably play another three or four years if he wants to. I think he wants to stay around until Bronny gets to the league. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be a sight to see as well. You imagine that? That'd be cool. Yeah. If, you know, I'd be, that's an unbelievable feeling, man. Imagine playing in the league. With your son, man. I mean, that, that that's amazing. He'll be, yeah. what, 40, 40, 41 years old at that point. Uh, last thing, man, before I want to get into some fun Q&A uh, to end the show, is I, I know you talked about this the first time you were on, but I want to revisit it, man, just because I'm not going to lie. I, I always just enjoy uh, hearing these stories. I also, you know, I, I definitely enjoyed it when I watched this part in the documentary, man. For the folks that didn't catch it on uh, the, the first episode, because like I said, the – the the reach and, and, and you know where this podcast has, has went from episode 13 to 41 is it's like night and day you know and i'm definitely thankful and blessed for that man but let's talk about these classic battles you had with with kg and kobe uh you know let's talk about you dropping 38 on kg's head man talk to me about that game au game right yeah au game playing with my um au team at the time i think it was vba values for better of america um and it was like a, a team that we had that was basically like Southern California All-Stars, but we were in between with our sponsors. So I was in summer school and got a call from an AU coach and, you know, said that our rival K-Swiss Pacers out of Inglewood that had Paul Pierce and Barron on the team and Tremaine Ross, they were flying in KG to beat us and said that, you know, they needed me. So, you know, that, that was it. Got the ticket, flew out, had the game. You know, went to work, man. I put my hard hat on. I mean, it was packed out. I can remember it was John Thompson was there, Roy Williams, uh, Dean Smith. These are the biggest college coaches in the country at this time. So people need to understand. I didn't have social media. So I'm naming Georgetown. We're talking North Carolina. You know, we're, we're talking Kentucky, Kansas, UNLV, UCLA, all the main schools, Jim Harris. Ludolson in Arizona, they were all in the front, the front row. And they saw a show. KG was something I had never seen before. And I went and had everybody on the court. I had like 38, you know, and just needed a little help from my team. And the rest of our guys were kind of flat. And uh, they were on that night. So my 38 wasn't enough to prevail. I think we lost by seven or eight. But 
I made a name for myself and KG will never forget that night. I think I dunked on him at least two or three times and <laughs> it was contested plays. It wasn't no open dunk. So, you know, I went right at people and I, and I tested myself against older guys because I wanted to be able to dominate on my level. And I thank God that he gave me that type of drive and blessed me with a gift to be able to accomplish that in my time. Yeah, KG is giving you love multiple occasions. Like, like I said previously on the previous episode on All the Smoke, you know, he, he talked about, you know, you being one of the baddest ever, you know, and uh, gave you a lot of love. And you could tell, I mean, KG competes. He's a competitor. Yeah. You know, he ain't just going to give you love just to give you love, you know. So, right. obviously, exactly. you, definitely, you, you definitely did have a lasting impression on him. When I don't have to, the footage. You know, if I had the footage, I wouldn't have to have this conversation with you. It would be in the doc, too. Like, oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, that's KG right, right there. Uh huh. This is that guy. That guy. It didn't. It didn't really matter, you know. And, and KG possessed a different animal. I mean, he's doing jump hooks. You know, he's blocking shots, grabbing it out the air, blocking hooks, yelling at the wall. He was animated in high school. I mean, talented man. Like could run like a deer, with all that motor. I knew he would be special. So when he when he got drafted, I was like, wow, okay. I'm getting closer because I remember how our matchup went and I saw where he got picked up and what his career looked like. So I was motivated and encouraged deep down, no matter what I was being faced with. I knew I had the tools. I just wasn't getting the right breaks. Yeah. And you had a good reason to, to, to feel that way. Cause you literally did it against the best of the best. Right. That being said, the last matchup I want to talk about is with the great late Kobe. Obviously that was, that's something that a lot of people speak about too. Talk to me about the matchup with Kobe. And I believe that's when you did and you did win that game as well. Yeah. Rest in peace, Kobe. I think that was my 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 best one-on-one matchup, you know. And, and I heard a little bit about him. I didn't know too much about him because he had started coming on late as far as his his star studiedness that came on later in high school for him. And I was already on the scene as a freshman. And he wasn't really giving me a whole lot of credit. You know, he had resided in the outside the Philadelphia area where he was going to school at Lower Marion. And, you know, he, he was heavy on the East Coast side of things and, you know, let that be known. So we had exchange of words, you know, the day before and, you know, whatever. I just kind of put it in my memory bank and, you know, I played with a chip already. So I just made that chip a little bit bigger. And uh, when I saw him that next day, it was like, I just saw, I just saw blood. You know, I just went, I just went in, you know, it was just kind of like, I was one of the only guys from LA playing in this camp, NBA players camp in Princeton, New Jersey in 1995. I was a rising sophomore, arguably one of the top players in the country at that time. Kobe was going into his senior year. He couldn't do nothing with me. You know, we went at each other. I got the best of him. He was scoring. Uh, I was scoring, then he was not scoring, and I was still scoring and being physical. And I just kept coming and driving past him, banging on cats and catching him sometime, you know. And he would come back at me and, and, and fight for his buckets and, you know, just trying to trying to keep his ground. And it was just like relentless pursuit. And then towards the end of the game, I think he – I felt a little bit of like a, of an ease up you know, like he kind of knew that, you know, we were going to win. And it was like, he got me this game. And, and it was that, that understanding after that point from 1995 up until the time he died, he may have never spoke on my name because I called him out on ESPN a couple of times because I wanted him to speak up, but he stayed quiet. So that told me <laughs> a lot. That told me a lot right there. So, you know, in rest in peace, um, he had a great career, you know, Lakers is my team. I love I love watching the success, but it was hard for me to watch it and not be a part of it. So there was things that I battled in that time when he was in his prime playing in the NBA and I was traveling all over the world just to play the game I love. And people didn't even know I was still playing ball. Gotcha, man. Sometimes it, it's it's what's not said is the most powerful things, right? Right. Absolutely, man. Well, listen, man, you know, I, I once again, man, Appreciate you, you know, coming on. I want to end with some fun Q and A. Just okay. you know, a couple of quick questions, really random. So just don't put too much thought into it. The first thing that comes to your head, you know, just have some fun to uh, to end to end the pod, all right? Okay. So when you were playing, what was your go-to move? In and out cross. 
man, I get that answer a lot, man. That, that that's I get that answer a lot from you know a lot of the players. Uh, currently, who who's your uh, who's your favorite uh, current NBA player and who's your favorite all time NBA player? Current favorite NBA player, uh, man, good question. I'd say John Moran or, or Zion. What about all time? What about the all time? All time? Uh, man, you making me work here. I'm on the hot <laughs> seat. Uh, let's see. Of all time. Man, that's tough. Let's say magic. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Surprisingly enough, as many times as I've asked this question on Q&A, first time I've heard magic before, to be honest with you. On the way to your training, on the way to your on the gym, well, not the gym right now, but on the way, to, you know, on, on, on the go, what are you listening to right now in your AirPods, your Beats, whatever? What's on steady re- repeat right now, music-wise? Well, if I'm about to go train or, or, or do some training or something like that, I'm I'm listening to Dave East. You know, uh, I, I, I'm on Simba's track now, Reality Is, because I'm, I've been in that zone anyway. So, that, I mean, it, it just speaks to me. I, I listen to a lot of problem stuff. My cousin owns the label Diamond Lane, so I'm pumping a lot of that these days. Various different artists, um, 2 Chains. You know, I like the baby. I mean, uh, Boosie. You know, it, it just uh, it just depends. You know, I, I listen to Dog, Snoop Dogg. It just depends on the mood. You know. Okay. Okay. Dave East was a hell of a ball player too. Yeah, that's what I hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Play, play with KD. I, you know, I saw some of them clips, man. My guy was getting buckets out there before he was dropping bars. I like it. I like it, man. Yeah, uh, that's right. You know, who's the toughest player you've ever uh, faced personally? Kobe Bryant. Hey, there you go. Rest in peace. That's right. No, last question for you, and I just, just want to, you know, talk about one more thing afterwards. Last question, though. Number one advice you have for aspiring basketball players. If it, if it was only one advice you could give them, what's the one advice that Shea Conan's given out? Believe in yourself when no one else does. Mm. That That's deep, bro. It all starts with you. It's funny. Right. I, just had, I just had that conversation with the – with a young fellow I was mentoring today, man. I just said, you know what, at the end of the day, it starts with you. You know, That's right. you, you are not the best to give, you know, the most value, or, you know, or to really be the impact that you can be until you get right. You know, until you, be, you know, obviously it, it all starts with you no matter what, you know. Absolutely. And, and that's great, man. Well, listen, man, this is what I want to end with. Um, you know, I don't say it just because you're on. Uh, I, I'm saying this because I truly, truly do believe in the work, the doc itself, like I said, to be probably honest with you, I'm probably just going to recap and, I mean, not recap, but go back and, you know, watch it either tonight or tomorrow because I really did enjoy the man-child documentary. Um, you know, you're someone I, you know, I had heard prior, you know, for people, you know, the legendary stories and, you know, your brother also because your brother, you know, had a great career as well. Uh, but, you know, seeing that really, you know, even before you and I connected, I felt like I got to know you on a different level, you know, and then obviously, you know, us connecting, you know, uh, hit, you know, took that to another level because knowing you on a personal level now, you know, but, um, but I re- really feel strongly about the documentary. I don't, you know, I'm not one to promote just to promote, you know, that's one thing, you know, I, I make sure from a credibility standpoint, I don't do that, you know, so, that's right. so if I put, that's right. if, I put my, if I put my stamp on it, I put my stamp on it, you know, but, uh, you know, I just want to close out with leaving it to you. Go ahead and tell them one last time though, uh, Shay, how, how they could go ahead and, you know, get a hold of the man child doc and be able to view it themselves. Man Child is streaming now. It's available on purchase or rental, uh, iTunes, Amazon, or Prime Video. Don't hesitate. After you watch this, just go get it. There you go. There you go. Well, brother, hey, man, much respect to you. I, once again, like I said, I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, even tonight, I know you're busy. But uh, just like I said, I want to thank you for your time, for once again giving us an update on what you've been up to, uh, you know, I'm gonna drop that Simba link below so they can watch that video, which is very powerful and, and a dope song. It's just a dope song on top of everything else. Uh, you know, thank you for your insight. Like I said, I just had some fun, some good entertainment, but like always, man, you, you just really you know, provide some good depth and some good info. And like I said, it's pretty inspiring, man. You know, what I love about you is you, you turned the negative into a positive, even the even for what was meant to be, uh, you know, bad and evil and, and negative, you, you somehow put a, put, a, put a twist on it. And find a way to, to turn into some positivity, which which I really love, man. But that's once what again, you know man, what that's what fighters do, though. At the end of the day, straight hand. And you know, I just want to add, as far as the, yeah, the, 
the film is concerned, they can they can pick it up at I on my IG handle too. In my profile, you click the link in the profile at the bottom at Shea Cotton on Instagram, as well as at therealmanchild.com on my website. It's available. It's up there too. Perfect, brother. Perfect. Well, listen, man, thank you again, brother. I, I appreciate you. Uh, you know, for the rest of you guys, thank you for tuning in for another Straight Talk with Strahan. Continue having a blessed, blessed day. God bless, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another Straight Talk with Strahan podcast. And if you haven't done so already, click the subscribe button and make sure to follow him on Instagram at Strahan, S-T-R-A-Y-H-A-N-D. And we will catch you on the next episode.